Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today I know Jeremy's going to be starting part one of a two-part series and I'm going to let him explain exactly what we're going to be talking about. Jeremy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Doing well. Thank you. How are you? Fantastic. A little chilly, but I'm 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 indoors, so I guess I'm very happy about that. Yes, definitely. That works out well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about insurance, which is fun, right? Who yes. who doesn't love talking about insurance and spending premium dollars for something you hope you never never use? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite conversation by far. Yeah, why not? Well, there's taxes. And uh, oh, I, I definitely love one. talking about taxes. <laughs> um, you know, I, that, I'm not making that one up. I do love talking about taxes. And it's very important to talk about insurance too. We mentioned a, a few podcasts ago, just some values as far as how you should look at your finances. And we had some three words, plan, prioritize, and protect. And this is the protection part of it. Let's How do we protect the things that you uh, don't want to lose or protect the things to replace what might have been lost? Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be a two-parter, so can you kind of give us an overview of what we'll be talking about in these two podcasts? Yeah, it's a lot of the insurances that are related to finances that most people should have heard by now. You've got life insurance, long-term care insurance, Mm -hmm. disability insurance, and health insurance. And one part of the health insurance, very specifically, is Medicare, and how does that play into your retirement? Gotcha. All right. So we got four things to cover. I'm assuming we're going to split them up two and two, right? You got it. Yeah. Let's talk about life insurance and long-term care insurance today. Uh, We focus so much on people that are getting ready for retirement. And there's a a little bit of misconception, I suppose. A lot of people feel that when they hit retirement, there's no longer a need for life insurance. Mm -hmm. And then when it relates with long-term care insurance, folks usually don't want to even have that conversation because who wants to think about the time, you know, 20, 30 years down the road when just can't do the things that you normally could do and need help in a way that you, you know, didn't ever think you need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not a fun, fun thing to think about, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. very factual for a huge percentage of the population. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So let's just go through what we're trying to educate folks, learn more about the insurances. We feel strongly if you know more about your money, you'll make better decisions about your Mm -hmm. money because you feel better about it. You know, when, when things are unknown, a little anxious and try to shy away from it, but let's attack it head on and just just educate and make sure everyone understands how does life insurance work, how does long-term care insurance work. Got it. All right. Yeah. So uh, life insurance, we're going to throw a lot of terms out there for you and try to explain those. And uh, please, if you come through and maybe don't quite understand a certain term, that's that's on us. So please contact us and make sure that we can give you a better explanation on that. But uh a lot of times you hear these different words and it's very good to understand what they mean. So we'll start at the high level. Sometimes you hear this thing, term or perm. And mm. we're not talking about the perm about what, 30 years ago? Was that oh, around yeah. your time, Eric? Yes, you, absolutely. That's when I was okay. uh, roller skating disco style and had that huge, huge hairdo. Yeah, why not? Why not? So <laughs> term is talking about a length of time. So term insurance is just this temporary need. Like you, you need it for the next 10 years or the next mm-hmm. 20 years. So just like your car insurance, if you have it and you're paying for it, then you're covered. And if you stop paying for it or the term is over, it's done. You know, you don't have it anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, perm is just the uh, shortened version of permanent. And it used to be easy maybe 40 years ago when somebody said permanent, they only meant one type of insurance. Now there's so many different types of permanent insurance. But the permanent insurance is covering a long-term need. It goes past the 10 or 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's being introduced to you by your advisor or estate planner, estate lawyer, suggesting here's a way to help you transfer some of your wealth. So there's some reasons you might want a permanent insurance plan because you have these estate type situations. And we have no idea if it's 10, 20, 30 years from now when your estate might show up. So that's when the permanent type of insurance comes in. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. A lot of people hear this word permanent and they start thinking of another term called whole life. And it makes sense. That's the first one. That's like the original uh, type of insurance, permanent uh, insurance. Whole life uh, is something that's longer term. It's, It's been around for quite some time. It has a lot of guarantees with it. Builds up something called a cash value. One thing that's across the board with these permanent type of insurances is that there's some sort of cash value associated with it. It's kind of like you have this insurance call term plus the cash value. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like two things in one uh, in a way. And when you come across or hear about whole life insurance, know that whatever they tell you, it's guaranteed. It's very stable. And chances are fairly good. You might get a little bit of interest or something they call dividends on top of that. So it's if you're looking for something that's kind of low maintenance, you you know what you're going to expect with it, that's the type you're looking at is the whole life insurance. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. And then things got a little creative. Maybe about 40 years ago, around 1980 or so, people were looking at these insurances that are you know, steady eddies. And they thought, wait a second, interest rates are like 12, 15%. Maybe we can do better than just the the normal five, six, eight percent, whatever it was that those were paying uh, at the time. So they came up with this new one called Universal. Mm-hmm. Beats me where they came up with the word Universal, but that's what it's called. And it's not guaranteed. You get an interest rate just like you did with the whole life, but there's not a guaranteed situation going on there. The interest might go up, the interest might go down. And when they did that, they made it a lot more flexible. They figured, well, if the interest rate goes up, maybe you could. Stop paying as much money into it. All right, the whole life interest rates went up. You got to keep on, keep on paying. So gotcha. they just try to make this a little bit, think flexible. If you hear the word universal, think flexible because maybe your premium payments, the amount you pay in could change, but also your interest rates could change. And guess what that means? It means it's on you now to manage this. Whole life type of insurances, they'll give you this contract that says the next 50 years, here's how everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Universal, we don't know what's going to happen the next 50 years. So when you find yourself with a universal life insurance, you've got a lot more responsibility and need to make sure that you're checking your annual statement. You should get an annual statement each year. Makes sense, it's annual. Yeah, But check that every year. And oftentimes you get to ask the insurance agent, hey, run me a projection. I know it's not guaranteed. It's not going to be perfectly like this forever. But just give me an idea if the current interest rates are, are going to keep up with the way I'm putting the money into the account. So what, can you explain, what do you mean by not guaranteed? I mean, they, they, if, if something happens, they got to pay it out, right? Well, if you have the account at the time, so you think of these whole life insurances and they say from the day you start to the day your life is done, uh, here's exactly how this cash value is going to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's exactly how much insurance you have. 
with the universal life, and let's just say you have a $100,000 policy, they'll say, well, based on today's interest rates and based on the premium you're planning to put in, we think it'll run for the next 60 years. We think it'll, it'll probably work out. And, and a lot of times it can. The problem is that interest rates could go up and down. Mm-hmm. And when people hear, oh, I don't have to put in this premium, sometimes they don't. So interesting enough, there's been a lot of press in the last few years, a lot of newspaper articles saying, oh, this lady that reached her 80s or 90s thought she had an insurance policy, but actually it turned out that the insurance policy ran out. And that's because um, they may have switched from the old type, the whole life, over to the new type, the universal life. Mm. And they may not have actually been paying the premiums the way they should have been. Or they did this back in the 80s and the interest rates were 8, 9, 10%. And the insurance agent said, hey, you'll be doing, you'll be doing great as long as the interest rates are 10%. Well, guess what? You're in 2020. They're not 10% anymore. So it's just unfortunate that these projections may have been a little too rosy yeah. because that's what the interest rates were at the time. It's unfortunate that a lot of people may be here. Well, I'm not required to put it in, rent required to put those dollars in. So they didn't, and they probably should have. Or sometimes we hear people say, well, I've had this for 30 years. It should be running fine. Um, it's not a time thing, right? If you had something for 30 years, right? If you have a car for 30 years, never put gas in the car, it's not going to run, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not this time thing. Uh, it's a matter of, did you follow through with those premium projections? That's kind of on the, the client, on the insurance holder in a way. Mm-hmm. And on the company side, did their interest rate projections keep up? And if they weren't, did they alert you somehow? So that's why it's so important. Every year, check that statement. Yeah. Uh, it's going to tell you what your interest rate was. It's going to tell you how much premium you're supposed to be paying. You may or may not actually be doing that, but you're supposed to be putting in a certain amount at the time. And it should tell you a projection of, hey, if things keep going the way it, the way it is today, your policy, your account might run all the way through age 121, so you're good to go, or it might run out at a different time. You know, If it's yeah. running out at age 85 and you think you might make it past then, something's got to adjust. And really the only thing you can control uh, is how much money you put into that account if you want to keep it, keep it going. Yeah. All right. Yeah, then there's another type, another type that's very similar to universal called variable. So you hear universal, think of this idea called flexible. So you could change your insurance uh, amounts up or down. Uh, You can change the premium uh, up and down, or if you skip one, you can make two the next month. You know, there's a lot of flexibility there. But then you add this extra wrinkle called variable, and variable means it's actually in the stock market. So it's not just the Mm -hmm. interest rates you got to worry about. It's the stock market you got to worry about. And that could work out, right? You could get a better return in the stock market than these full life insurances, than the interest rates from the universal, but it could go the other way. Yeah. So it doesn't matter which one of these permanent insurances you have, the whole life, the universal, the variable, understand what it actually means and make sure every single year you're taking a look and seeing the statement, did I put in the right amount of money? Did the interest or the returns come out the way it was projected? And what changes could I make if I need to? Yeah, I was, I was going to just ask you about changes. What happens if somebody's reviewing this, you know, they're listening to this podcast, they're like, oh, geez, I better go take a look. Maybe they've got some variable or maybe they've got some universal and they they think it's in their best interest. And obviously we always would say consult your professional, but 
What if they're thinking, I want to change this from a variable or universal to a whole life policy? Is that even possible? And, and can you take a phone call on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy to take a phone call on that. You got to find someone you can trust about that. A lot of times when you're talking to the insurance agent, they make uh, more money on a new insurance policy than they do on you keeping the old one, right? Because mm-hmm. they make a new sale in a way. So uh, it's good to have one that you can trust, but at the same time, uh, you got to take a little grain of salt in a way when they're maybe talking about these recommendations. The one you've had for 20 years, they're, they're not quite getting a commission on most likely, but the brand new one, the one that they might switch into, there could be a commission generated gotcha. there. So it's important to know if they're talking to you and they're suggesting there's a change. I don't see anything wrong with asking, well, how much will you make on this change, right? If they're making a huge mm-hmm. commission on this change, that could color their recommendation, unfortunately. But just yeah. ask, try to figure out how much commission might be there in this sale that could happen. And it's so interesting too, you've got with insurance, the states regulate how things can work out, but each different company might have different rules on whether you can go from one account to the other type of account. Typically, you have to basically just buy a brand new one and have to prove you're insurable, prove that you're actually healthy. You might have bought this when you're 25, well, now you're 55. You have to prove that you're just as healthy or you're you know, healthy relatively with every other 55-year-old out there, and mm-hmm. then they'll allow you to get the new, the new policy. So it's not set in stone that you gotcha. can switch things around. And so interesting, too, a lot of people, you hear this all the time, especially the folks that are on the radio, on TV, they are dogmatic, right? Because you get a lot more views if you say, this is the way it is 100% of the time, right? mm-hmm. and nothing ever is different. And so a lot of people are saying, never buy permanent insurance. And we don't necessarily believe that's the, the case, we think if you need something on a temporary basis, term insurance is the way to go, right? You need this insurance for whatever reason. Your kids are 10 and you want to cover them through the end of college. Well, 10 or 15 years might be, might be your length of time. Or you might have this desire for a permanent type of insurance because you want to leave a certain dollar amount. There's some estate planning going on there. Well, if it's a permanent situation, is a, is a temporary thing going to solve it? No, a permanent thing is going to solve that permanent situation. So just understand what you need this account for. Understand that the person recommending it to you may have a little bit of incentive to recommend mm-hmm. one or the other. And nothing wrong if you need something on a temporary basis, get the term insurance. If you need something on the permanent basis, go get the permanent insurance. But now you just understood and realized here, there's three different types of permanent insurance and try to find the one that matches up with how willing you are to take on some of the risk yourself or how willing you are mm-hmm. to take on some of the risk in the stock market or the interest rate market. Yeah, and, and I and I could be mistaken, and, and that's why I'm, I guess I'm asking the professional here. I, I had term insurance when I was younger because, number one, I didn't make very much money, but I had young children. And so that was a good way for me to replace my income, kind of. It wasn't you know my total income, but give my wife peace of mind, the ability to pay off all our bills and give her a monthly income that would help alongside her income that she would have eventually. Cause like I said, my kids were very young. We wanted to get them into school. So then maybe she could work some part-time hours and still be there for the children. And the, the thought always was, hopefully they're sad that dad's gone. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there, there may be a transition so. time. Yeah. You, you'd think they'd miss me a little bit, but it was a, it was much cheaper at that point for me to get term insurance than it was for permanent or, or whole life was what I was looking mm-hmm. at at that point. Is that kind of still the case where because whole life and these other ones build some cash value that uh, the term is quite a bit cheaper? 
well, it'll almost always be, I, I'm going to say I'm going to go out on the limb. It'll, it'll always be cheaper today to buy the term insurance than to buy the permanent insurance. The issue is that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, whenever that term insurance uh, is up, you got to buy new term insurance. Meanwhile, that perm insurance that probably costs you more to begin with, that's most likely, especially with these whole life insurances, that's your steady eddy, right? Uh, so gotcha. maybe okay. it costs you more yeah. today, but then 10, 20, 30 years from now, whatever it is, when these term insurances are done, if you want something new, it might cost you more at that point compared to if you had started with that Great term point. insurance later on. So there's always this debate back and forth of do you buy term and try to invest for later on or do you pay the higher price now and kind of lock it in? It's a, a debate that I don't think any anyone's going to solve. Uh, we just believe if you need something on a temporary basis, go get the term insurance. If you've decided with your spouse that, you know, I want to have this dollar amount, the 100000 500000 whatever the dollar amount is, I want to have this forever. Well, nothing beats, you know, forever than something that is uh, permanent. Permanent, yeah. So you got to go with the permanent <laughs> type of uh, insurance. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So let's transition. Let's talk about this other area uh, called long-term care insurance. It's another thing that a lot of people, like I said, you were younger buying these term insurances mm -hmm. and towards the end, you're getting towards uh, retirement maybe. And you're thinking, I don't need that life insurance as much. We'll talk about that just a little bit later on. But then you start getting introduced to this concept of long-term care insurance. Uh, I don't know if, um, I'm sure you've heard of Dave Ramsey. A lot yes. of folks have heard of Dave Ramsey. Right. He, uh, he talks a lot about insurances. And when it comes to long-term care insurance, uh, in one of his books, he writes, as you approach age 60, you need to look at long-term care insurance. Now, what's interesting is he wrote that back in the late 90s. And ever since then, the long-term care insurance market has completely changed. There's hmm. a whole different situation going on with interest rates, with how many people even offer the long-term care insurance and how hard it is to actually get the long-term care insurance. So our opinion is actually now that, you know, it's 20 years later, past 20 years now, that needs to be updated a little bit. Sometimes you run into folks that have this number in their head. I can't even look at it until I'm 60. Uh, we think you ought to be looking at this uh, as you hit 50. Or another time that maybe is a trigger is if you're, you're done paying the college tuition bills, maybe it's time to just reevaluate your financial situation. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe a good time to look at is long-term care insurance uh, right for me. In a way, you've freed up some cash because you got the college bills over with, and you might have some cash available then to put towards some other areas. Long-term care insurance, uh, long-term care insurance is one of them. Gotcha. All yeah. right. And again, we don't have this belief that you need to have long-term care insurance, but we do have the belief you need to have a plan. So talk it over with your advisor, talk it over with your spouse, and that plan involves you know what's going to happen when one of us needs some sort of help. Are we planning on taking care of each other? Uh, are we going to ask one of the kids to help out? Are we going to move to some place? There's all these different residential facilities that you can move to to get different types of care. Have a plan around it. That's step one. Step two is figuring out how are you going to actually pay for, how are you going to fund that plan? And you might say, well, I've got some extra cash. I've saved up very well. We'll use some of that money. Or yeah, we're going to move which means that we are going to free up some cash from our house. That might be a way to do it. Or other times you say, I don't want to come out of my pocket, and I understand that this may or may not happen, so I'd rather have the insurance come on in and have the insurance company help me out with this. Mm -hmm. So if, you, if that's the decision you made, let's talk about the different types of insurances. 
20 years ago, it's kind of easy, right? There's just one type of insurance called long-term care insurance. It's kind of like your car insurance. If you didn't use it, you got nothing out of it. They didn't give you any refunds for the fact that you didn't have any sort of need for the insurance. Now, a lot more people are thinking, well, what if I don't use this? And they're trying to find a way so that if you don't need the insurance, if you don't have a claim, that perhaps if it's not you, maybe it's your spouse, your kids, at least kind of something comes back. That's what we hear all the time. Well, if I don't use it, I want somebody to get my money besides the insurance company. But when you get to that, that's a lot more expensive, right? It's kind of like that term insurance versus Mm -hmm, permanent insurance. mm -hmm. The term insurance is cheaper because if you don't use it, you're done with it. The perm insurance costs more because the insurance company knows, hey, somebody's getting this money at some point in time. So they've got to set aside enough money, which means they've got to charge you enough to make sure that money is uh, set aside for you. So it's a a tug and pull, right? Everything's going to be a trade-off. If you want the kind of the, the cheaper version, and we don't mean cheap in a bad way, we mean you know a lesser expensive version. You want more bang for your buck. That's going to be that pure, just straight traditional long-term care insurance. But if you say, "I want something back," well, then you got to get this hybrid type of insurance where they figure out, well, if it didn't get paid out as long-term care insurance, maybe it gets paid out as life insurance uh, when you pass on and you never used it. All right. Yeah. So that's that's something. Again, you need this trusted professional. For us, uh, we actually. Uh, we refer all of our folks to a company called Newman Long-Term Care. Uh, great folks. We'll have to get them on the podcast uh, sometime. But they only deal with long-term care insurance. And they deal with all these different carriers. That's a fancy name for insurance company. So they understand based on when you come in as a uh, consumer, saying, well, I'm concerned about this and I want to have an insurance solution to help me out with this long-term care situation. They can figure it out, well, uh, based on what you're looking for, based on your need, talking to us as a financial advisor, here's what you have as far as available income or available investments. Are you going to be leaning more towards that pure long-term care insurance area or more towards this uh, hybrid long-term care insurance area? And then based on that, we can get some education going. And Well, here's how the pure insurance works. Here's how the hybrid insurance works. I'm just going to talk real quick about some terms that you might see when you're looking at, at either one of those. All right. So with the the pure insurance, I just want you to think of three phrases, three phrases, benefit amount, benefit period, and elimination period. I can't think of any other time we've ever talked about those phrases, right? Mm -hmm. You don't run into those phrases too often. Benefit amount, that's just the dollar amount that's going to pay out to you if you have a claim. If you need the insurance, they might pay out $2,000 a month, $4,000 a month, whatever it is that you sign up for. Benefit period, well, that's how long are they going to pay it out to you? Then elimination period is just a really fancy phrase for deductible. You know, you, uh, you, you, your windshield cracks, right, in your car, you got a deductible, mm-hmm. right? Something happens on your house, you got a deductible. And the company says, well, this costs you a couple grand, your deductible is 500 bucks, you're on the hook for the first 500 bucks, the insurance company pays the rest. When it comes to long-term care insurance, it's more like a time situation, well, you're going to need the care, but the first amount of time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever it is, first amount of time, you're on the hook for the bills. And then that's when they kick in and start paying it afterwards. So elimination period, really funky phrase, but that's like a deductible, but it's a time deductible. You're on the hook for a certain amount of time, and then that's when the insurance company uh, kicks in. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to the hybrid type of insurance, again, a lot of people look at this because they want something to come back in case they don't use it. Well, that something is usually either an annuity or life insurance. So if you're buying this hybrid of an annuity and long-term care insurance or a hybrid of life insurance and long-term care insurance, how many things are you buying? Really two, right? Mm -hmm. You're buying two things in one, which means it's going to cost you more, right? Just keep that in mind. If you're trying to get more than the regular amount, right? If you're getting trying to get a more of a benefit than what the pure long-term care insurance is going to be, well, it's going to cost you more. So that's just something that we want you to keep in mind. There's pluses and minuses. There's trade-offs everywhere. But just try to figure out with your advisor or and, and or we think you should have both your advisor talking about the finances, but the long-term care insurance specialist helping you figure out which one of these is going to be better in your your situation. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here listening going, wow, this is, this is really complicated. There's a lot of information here. and There's just no way that I'm going to take the time to research all this stuff. So I, yeah. I would definitely yep. <laughs> be calling in the pros because, yeah, uh, it's like me trying to take apart an entire engine by myself and put it all back together from memory. And, uh, no, I'll just hire the mechanic to help me figure out why it doesn't mm-hmm. go. Oy. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple gripes here, uh, Eric. I, I right. hear these uh, phrases. I hear these terms from folks all the time. I'm, I'm a very positive guy, but there's a few things we hear all the time it kind of grayed at me a little bit. So I'm just going to put it out there. Hopefully it'll help people out. But sometimes we hear, you know, when it comes to long-term care insurance, I'm going to self-insure. And you know what? That's impossible. Yeah. You can't self-insure. Insurance is mean, that means there's more than one person, right? If it's just you, if it's just you and your spouse, you cannot self-insure. What you're really saying is I'm going to self-fund. Basically you're saying I'm going to roll the die. I'm going to take on the risk versus offloading that risk to an insurance company. So Mm -hmm. that's an A-OK decision to make. Just understand that you are taking on the risk and you are going to be self-funding it if that's what you do. But the idea of self-insuring, it literally does not exist. So that's just something I wanted to put out there. Well, And another one, this gets me a little bit more because I'm on the uh, investment committee for a nonprofit that that provides these types of cares. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we hear a lot of times people say, I don't want the nursing home to get all my money. It's like the nursing home walked in and is robbing you (laughs) <laughs> of all your money, right? The nursing home's a great place. You're there because you need the care. You might not mm-hmm. have wanted to get there, but it's not their fault that you got there. They're there providing you a service. And because they're providing you a service, it's something you need and they deserve to get paid. Yeah. So this idea of when people say that and they're kind of making the nursing home the enemy, you know, there, there's a lot of good people at the nursing home or the assisted living or wherever it is that are trying to, help you make some decisions. And yes, there is a a care cost for it. So please don't think that the nursing home is the enemy. Please understand that failing to plan is the enemy. Failing to plan is what created the crisis, not the nursing home. They're great people, right? They're, they're trying to take care of you. They're trying to take care of grandma. Exactly. And, and it's, it's so interesting that you just said that, you know, the, the self-insurer versus self-fund talking to a gentleman this morning that is his wife's in a nursing home. They don't have the insurance to care for it. And he's, he is self-funding. He's paying mm-hmm. every day and the cost is $300 per day. Sure. It's yeah, almost it $10,000 a month. And I, mm-hmm. I don't have that to pay for nursing care. I just don't. Yeah. 
Yep. But, well, that's it. That And that brings us to the, the last point I want to make on long-term care insurance is just thinking through what's going to hurt worse? What's going to feel worse? Is it right now that premium check? And a lot of times people say, oh, that insurance is expensive. Well, it's not as expensive as actually writing out the check for the nursing home or assisted yeah. living, whatever it is. You've got to decide once you've kind of educated yourself and feel that this might be a situation for you, it almost gets down to what's going to hurt worse for you. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be more painful to write out that that check at the, the front and pay the premium for the long-term care insurance? Or is it going to hurt you more later on when you're writing that check for 300 bucks a day? Yeah. Whichever way you're feeling, that might just tell you right there if the insurance part is going to be a, a piece of your financial puzzle. Are you going to let the insurance be there to help pay for it? Or are you going to be somebody that is taking the chance that you might be self-funding it later on? Yeah. Lots of food for thought, Jeremy, again, as usual. I know we're talking about two other items on the next podcast, and that is health insurance and also disability. So I'm looking forward to that Mm -hmm. because I'd like to learn more about disability for sure. And health insurance is always a a hot topic, especially politically as Mm -hmm. well. So I know we got a lot to cover there. But uh, any closing thoughts for today before we wrap up? Yeah, last one is just that everything has trade-offs. Term insurance is cheaper, but it ends. Term insurance is expensive, but it lasts. You might lose your long-term care insurance if you don't use it, but if you buy the the other kind, the hybrid, it's like you're buying two insurances instead of one. So there's not going to be this magic bullet, uh, something for nothing situation. Uh, figure out with your financial advisor kind of what's going to be the worst situation, and then you you protect against that. Uh, that's the way to look at it. It's not a matter of what costs you more or costs you less. It's a matter of what's going to be covering and protecting the things that you need protected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. And I want to thank the entire audience for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.